Well, the brand father, Jeremy Sampson, is coming to us live from the Soft Power Summit in London, where South Africa's soft power is in reverse. Interestingly, uh, we've seen a big decline for Israel as well on the back of what's going on uh, in Gaza. Uh, and the US and UK continue uh, to dominate. Jeremy, welcome. What's the Soft Power Summit all about? Hello, Michael. Hello to your listeners. Um, this is the fifth year that Brand Finance has held this Soft Power Summit in London. Um, it's at the QE Centre in Westminster. And in fact, I'm looking out of a window here and I can see Big Ben, which is about to go off shortly, I think. Um, and it's basically an index that's being created that rates the countries around the world. So this is global best practice of how each country is doing. Now, no research is done around the world amongst about 170,000 people. And it is interesting that sometimes the research in one part of the world will be very different to the research findings in another part. One has to accept that. But this year, also, they've extended the rankings to about 190. They've included all the countries within um, the United Nations. Uh, and it is actually largely for that reason that South Africa has dropped from 40 to 43rd, I think it is. Uh, so not too much to worry about there. But the other interesting thing is this research was done up until about the end of the first week in November. Now, that's something to take note of because, of course, what's going on in Gaza, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so look back to that middle first week of November, and that's where the findings come about. But soft power, of course, is, is a concept that is the opposite to hard power, in other words, war. And this is where um, a whole index has been created. And one looks at things like reputation, familiarity, influence, recommendations, culture and heritage, which is where the UK does so well, education and science, international relations, business and trade, South Africa's not doing so well there, mm. and then governance, well, that's a bit tricky, media and communications, sustainable future, which is rising up through um, more and more ESG, etc., and then people and values. So it's absolutely fascinating, and yet again, the Americans are on top, but everyone's saying, well, perhaps the Americans are in a little bit of decline. And certainly the sea changes going on around the world are huge. And boy, are the Chinese rising and India, of course. But not yet at the expense of the US, which, as you say, uh, tops the rankings again with an all-time high global soft power index score of 78.8, which is an increase from 74.8. So it seems um, that despite some perceptions of waning power, the US is still by far and away uh, the, the global behemoth. One does wonder, though, if it continues to um, vote in uh, octogenarian leaders who seem uh, largely out of touch with pop, uh, their, their broader populace, how long that will um, remain for. You know, in terms of the conversations that's going on in London at the moment, how important is this new Cold War period that we seem to be entering between the US and, and Russia uh, in terms of framing a nation's soft power. And uh, we've seen the likes of Tucker Carlson go over to uh, to Moscow and, and sort of lap up uh, Putin's propaganda, a useful idiot, as you said to me, off air. How much uh, airtime is this getting at the Soft Power Summit? Look, I've just walked out of, after a presentation by John Major, Sir John Major, the former 
um, Prime Minister. And he's being interviewed by Andrew Neil, who's currently editor of Spectator and, of course, a well-known media figure. And he, John Major, is basically saying, look, at the end of the uh, Berlin Wall coming down, the Cold War, basically a lot of people dropped their guards. They thought that was the end of hard power. They thought we were going into an era where everything was going to be soft and gentle and uh, budgets for armaments, etc., were dropping down. We've had difficult economies. We've had the pandemic. Um, so more and more funds were being moved into other areas and taken away from armaments and armed forces. Then he turned around and said, have you seen the figures for armament sales in the coming year of 2024? And it was trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars being put into armaments, basically as the world in many areas is rearming. And you know that's causing chaos around the world when you think about it, because you know, when you need to be putting in more money into looking after the aged, looking after the health systems, looking after so many things, when money is more and more scarce as well, the last thing any government wants is to have to take some of that money away and then redeploy it into armaments. So there's all sorts of things going on. And as we know, with all the elections coming on around the world, you know, we've got our own at the end of May. Um, there's a budget in the UK next week. Uh, and you know, a lot of people have been clamoring for the cutting of taxes. And John Major pointed out that whilst he's not in government, he said he would never cut taxes at the current time because you know, the fiscus needs all the money it can get. But this is where he said you come back to the political parties uh, going for an election. He said you've got to create growth and you've got to create hope. And if you can get growth going, that means, of course, greater revenues, more going into the tax system, more jobs, and everyone is happier. Whereas mm -hmm. largely in the Western world, the, the quality of life for the last 15 years, 15 years has been stagnant. So people are poor, well, poorer off today than they were in the past. And this is where when you bring this lens back to South Africa, I think we all want hope. We all want growth, but we want a government that will help deliver on that. And the only way they're going to deliver on that is if they join hands with the private sector. And uh, that still seems to be something that's not happening too much. Well, talk to me about South Africa's um, seeming waning influence. Yes, you did say that some of the decline in our soft power ranking is due to the fact that there are more countries now being surveyed. But one gets the sense that our soft power by pivoting uh, towards China and towards Russia and being so vocal around uh, the conflict between Israel and, and Hamas uh, has, has weakened our soft power to some extent in the West. Has it improved our soft power in the East? I mean, how do we measure these things? And ultimately, what are people saying to you, Jeremy, about South Africa? Well, uh, you know, one of my oldest friends, seeing him at the weekend, turned around and said, oh, I've just read the crime figures in South Africa and especially in Cape Town, and I believe it's more dangerous there today than it was four years ago. Well, that was after, hello, how are you? Bang. Um, and this is where, obviously, one's got to talk about the media, one's got to talk about perceptions versus the reality. But I'm afraid, for the most part, I think South Africa gets a bad rap in the media and I compare it with Australia, which everyone seems to think is the darling of the world and gets a very positive spin all the time. But this is where I come back to saying, 
every country has got bad news, every country has got problems, but then who is out there promoting the good news, the positive things? You know, it's very interesting that there was a presentation on the theme of Great Britain as great, and one of the major ambassadors of, of Britain happens to be Premier Division Soccer, because you know it's seen all around the world, and the clubs and that sort of thing. And that's one of the reasons why other countries have come in and bought some of the clubs. They're like the Saudis buying Newcastle, etc. Uh, there's a huge debate about who does Qatar own. There's also the debate here that in London, the Daily Telegraph, which is the main newspaper that supports the Tories, is currently looking at change of ownerships. The previous guys, I think, defaulted on their repayments or whatever. And the Qataris want to buy the Telegraph. And again, sometimes people say, well, hang on, you know, we've got to keep that uh, British. So the arguments that apply here apply in South Africa. Who are our heroes? Well, of course, one of our heroes are the Springboks. Now, winning the, the World Cup again. But I don't think we, we use it enough. I don't think we leverage it enough. The other person that people still speak very lovingly and great respectfully for is Nelson Mandela. That is the reality still. And uh, no, when you actually go back over the last 15 years and think, what is the good news from South Africa? I think there's been quite a lot of bad, but there is good news, but it's not celebrated enough. And this is where I wonder who's coordinating the communications from the various government departments, because you've got to sing with the same voice out of the same hymn book. And I'm not sure that's happening. And as you say, when Minister Pandor is doing her things, the Minister of Tourism, whoever that is at the moment, doing their own thing, uh, and then other government departments not being coordinated, not having one voice and one message, and not being totally positive, because there are still so many positives for South Africa, as you mm. and I know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen recently uh, with uh, Taylor winning that Grammy in the African newcomer category. Uh, we've obviously got um, uh, some some great ambassadors uh, around the world in business and in sports and and you know many of them um unsung at home and celebrated abroad and i think that tells you all you need to know about this lack of coordination uh, and and clearly from a tourist perspective uh, we continue to just shoot ourselves in both uh, feet with the, the latest from home affairs and the visa issue uh, scaring a lot of tourists yes. away. Uh, but uh, interestingly, and I want to uh, talk to this issue around hard power undermining soft power, where we see countries in armed conflicts are seeing declines, in particular uh, Russia here, but Israel as well, down five places to an all-time lowest 32nd following that Gaza invasion. And as you say, this is up to November. Uh, this was prior South Africa taking Israel to the uh, International Court of Justice as well. Uh, what, what are the lessons to learn here? Well, soft power obviously has the ability to influence. Uh, hard power often undermines that. And I think it's a, it's a worthwhile reminder as we see things like World War Three trending on Twitter, the world feels more fraught than it has been in the last 30 years. Look, I think there is great concern generally um, about the state of the world, if I can put it that way, at the moment. Um, there is even trepidation in some quarters, I would say, um, as to the direction in which we're going. Uh, but you're quite right. Um, I think a lot of people would have argued, as I said earlier, 13 years ago, that hard power was virtually out the window. Not a bit of it. And uh, this is where 
the whole Western world um, almost seems to be in decline, whereas the Chinese, the Indians, Indonesia are rising up very, very fast. So there's almost, as someone put it, a tectonic change going on. Uh, where are we going to be? And, and someone said, where are we going to be in 5, 10, 15 years' time? Because with AI coming in, a lot of mid-management people, if that's the right term, will actually be out of work. Well, is anyone looking to the future? No, is anyone looking at education today that uh, the people who are graduating or being trained are going to be um, technically able to exist and develop and grow in the demands of the new technology? And this is where I think a lot of thought-provoking discussions are taking place. But then, of course, at the end of the day, you've got to bring all the parties together, whether that's political or whatever, to put together a joint policy and then make sure it happens. Exactly. And uh, that that's what soft power is about. It's not uh, by chance, it's strategic. So what recommendations sure. would you offer to uh, to nations, if you're advising a South Africa, for example, looking to strengthen their soft power influence on the global stage, especially if you're a, a, a country that faces challenges or, or resource constraints or limitations to help box above your weight when it comes to soft power? Look, already uh, I can almost list, I think, 12 to 13 countries that are using this soft power index uh, because each of the um, sectors is being marked and ranked uh, based on the research. These countries are using these rankings as a scorecard. What are they doing well? What are they not doing well? Is there any low-hanging fruit? Uh, and some countries are, are actually then involving brand finance to help them, in, well, basically improve their ranking. Uh, the areas that are particularly weak uh, bring them up and generally make sure that government is sensitized to what is soft power, what can it achieve, and what are the, the levers to pull, as it were, to improve your rankings. No, this isn't rocket science. You just go onto the brandfinance.com website and have a look at this, and you'll see all the rankings are there. You can see who's going up, who's going down. There's a lot of commentary there, and this is where governments and civil servants and various people around the world and huge important bodies like the IMF are looking at this and looking at these rankings and then drawing conclusions and making sure that they sometimes use those scorecards yeah. to better effect. And it's also about uh, functional societies. It's about people who don't steal traffic signboards and electric cables and metal road sidings. And it's uh, about building a society that believes it's a nation that actually truly works together. I think here in South Africa, it still feels like we measure progress by racial point scoring. That was uh, Jeremy Sampson, the brand father, coming to you live uh, from this year's Soft Power Summit in London. And that brings us to the end of another week of classic business on Fine Music Radio. Remember, if you've missed any part of the show or if you just want to listen again, you can catch up on the website, fmr.co.za. Find the podcasts uh, under the Classic Business tab or go to iono.fm. I'll be back with you on Monday at 6. Good night. <laughs>